Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts, and let them know that Off the Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Vanderhoof in hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Phelps in the black hats, and Phelps has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe's in front, Thorpe the hall, Thorpe goes in. Australia win. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the OTB Headlines podcast with Mr. Bobby Hurley. Bobby, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Robbie. Busy Friday and uh, a lot to talk about in the swimming world this week. Yeah, it's all happening, and as as we said, we're going to touch on things, and the podcast will at least come out every fortnight. But if there's news to be had, we will be getting around it. Had some great feedback um, over the weekend, Bobby, at uh, State Short Course with our podcast, with people enjoying listening to news, and nobody had heard about the blocks that are going to have lights on it and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know you were going to throw that one on me either. So, um, so no, it's good good to hear from uh, the listeners that they're enjoying it. Yeah, certainly. And um, as, as we've said now, swimming's just evolving and there's more events on, there's more coverage, there's more streaming of everything and um, and there's a lot more to talk about. So, um, you know, Off the Block's doing a really good job to, to uncover all that, those facts and um, it's certainly a highlight of the week to, to chat with you as well. Oh, that's it, mate. Thank you. It's kind of you to say that, mate. It's kind of you to say that. Um, now, Junior Worlds, let's get straight to it. It's over in Israel at the moment. Uh, the Aussies are, are killing it. Um, I think to this point, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody can correct me, but I think we've got five gold, six silver, and and four bronze uh, all together. If you're including, you know, with the relays and individual results, it's been phenomenal. Um, some of the swims over there um, have been fantastic. We've seen some junior world records. I think we've seen our mixed uh, four by one freestyle relay knock off a, a junior world record as well. Um, we've seen some fast swimming. Um, we'll get to it sort of individually in a minute, but from a broad scope, uh, you're someone who looks at things right across the board. I know you're right across um, all of the swims. Uh, what have you seen? Yeah, it's it's certainly been quick swimming over there um, in, in a lot of events. And um, I, I guess the, the pattern, the first pattern that I see, especially from an Australian perspective, is that our success in the 100 freestyle and even a success in women's freestyle is at the top level is translating to the junior level as well. So uh, Liv Wunsch had a great swim uh, to win the 100 free 53.7, so getting under 54 seconds uh, for the first time in her career. So that's going to put her as a, as, a, as a really good shot to, to make the Olympic team next year. Um, gold and silver in that one for the Aussies. Obviously, Flynn Southams had um, won the 200 free on the men's side. 
and um, and they smashed the world junior record in the mixed four by one free relay. So um, I've actually got a, a coaching colleague from Singapore who's over there coaching with the Nigerian team, and he just said to me, um, "How do they do it? Like, how, what what are the Australians doing, especially on on the women's side because they're not tall girls." They're not overly strong. He goes, the American girls are so much taller than the Australian girls. And that's exactly what I said to you, even at the senior level, um, some of the, the size and the, the strength that the American um, female sprinters have, uh, well, look to have, um, is incredible, but it's not translating to, to long course 100s and 200s, you know. So, um, and I don't know what the exact formula is that that's going on, but definitely um, the, the top level, success that the Australian team is having is, is translating into those junior events. And then on the same side, the weakness that we have in Australia, say men's and women's breaststroke, um, some of the individual medley events as well, that's translating into the juniors as well. I think I've seen um, across the men's and women's event breaststroke events this week, we've had maybe one Australian finalist in those events. Um, I think that was uh, the young boy in the, the men's 100 breast um, none in, in the women's 100 or 200 breaststroke. So, you know, that that's a gap and Australia doesn't have uh, uh, a consistent history at the top level in breaststroke. We've had some some good, some superstars at different points, but there's certainly um, gaps on the women's side this year, as we saw in, in Fukuoka. Um, and then, you know, always looking at, you know, there's little things like the Japanese are going to be good at, the breaststroke and the butterflies, right? And and the United States, their individual medley swimmers are on another level. So that the probably the star of the show right now has got to be Maximus Williamson from the US. I think he's only 17. He's a 157.2 in the 200 IM, fastest 17-year-old ever, quicker than Michael Phelps at the same age, quicker than Marshawn at the same age. Mm-hmm. And um, and he split like a yeah, he split like a 47 point in the freestyle relay as well. So some of these kids that they're so good at just uh, producing these big, big name all-rounders, um, and he looks like the next sort of Carson Foster, Ryan Lochte, um, you know, Caleb Dressel type of guy. Yeah, well, hopefully for, you know, swimming sake, he can keep chugging along and come through and get his spot there um, in years to come just to just from a purely a fan's perspective just to see that uh, medley race heat up with Marshawn in there and, you know, if he can keep pushing his boundaries. Um I just want to quickly, I guess, recap and go through uh, Bobby, and then you can touch on and 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 see what you you know make of these things. But um, day one or night one, I should say, um, you know, we we saw some already some good results straight away, straight off the bat with relays. Um, you know, we mentioned um, there in terms of where the Australian team, junior and senior, are strong and where we might be weak, but a, a place that you can never deny that we're always strong is in the relays, and we seem to just always be up on the podium first, second. Uh, the four-by-one uh, freestyle men's relay uh, got a silver medal there. Uh, the four-by-two freestyle relay, um, a silver as well. So already on night one, they're off to a good start with some fast swimming. Um, I'll quickly flick through here too, otherwise I'll, I'll put people to sleep. But... Um, Night two, um, we saw Bella Grant, I thought, had a phenomenal swim in the 200 butterfly. Um, The girl ahead of her, I can't remember what country she was from, but she was flying and she was 
she was doing a phenomenal, like it was basically her race to lose, but I thought Bella Grant did a really good job in second, basically making it a bit closer than people probably thought it was going to be in the end. I thought she did a phenomenal job. Well done to her coach, Ben Tuxford as well. Um, Jessica Cole, I think, was in that race as well. Patrick Stellino, so well done to him down there at West Illawarra. The mixed medley relay, um, you know, they I think they got a silver medal as well. And then Olivia Wunsch, oh, well, she got she got a gold the next night. But Jacqueline Barclay from St. Peter's, uh, 100 backstroke, 59. Um, shout out to Richard Slight, her coach as well. Um, gold to Flynn Southam, um, Anders McAlpine, obviously he got, I think he got a silver, no, bronze, sorry, in the 200 freestyle. And Iona Anderson got a silver in that 100 backstroke as well. So already day one, day two, I mean, we look back at the Aussies from the world's uh, Fukuoka, obviously night one is is not to be sort of underestimated, but already success on the Australian team. Yeah, that's a that's an action-packed night one for the Australian team. So, um, you know, some some big swims there. That women's relay was a highlight. They went, they got touched out by the United States and it was a good three-way battle with Canada. But, um, you know, 157 was the average split there for, for those girls. Um, Jamie Perkins... Who else was on that relay for for the Australians? If you got that in front of you, Amelia Weber as well. The like four by two splits. Jamie yeah, Deludis. Yeah, um, I think Bella Grant was in the heat swim as well, but um, yeah, I don't have all. Hannah the names Casey in front as of me. well. Yep. There it is. Yeah, just to ju- to just be getting you know on a junior level team a lot of one fifty seven and one fifty eight splits is like the depth again in that women's hundred and two hundred freestyle in this country is. Uh, is, is is unmatched, you know. Um, and then, yeah, Bella Grant, as you said, second behind Lana Puda, who's who's the, you the youngster from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I knew you'd know who it was. <laughs> yeah. And she's, uh, I mean, I first saw her um, 2021 World Shore course in Abu Dhabi. I think she was 15. I think she got a medal in the 200 fly there, you know, and this is that uh, she's tall, she's really raw, very poor um, with her skills. Um, I think she got a 200 fly medal there in, in Abu Dhabi. And, um, and I don't, don't know much about her story or where she trains or whatnot, but she's, she's a raw talent. And, and I think she goes like 56 in the long course, 100 fly now. So she's someone that, you know, in the coming years could be a, a 55 sort of 204 swimmer, um, you know, hailing from a, from a relatively small swimming nation like Bosnia and Herzegovina. So that's a, that's a high talent there. And, and Bella Grant, as you said, Big swim from uh, the Sydney teenager, 208.9, and she also got a medal in the 200 backstroke uh, the de- next day as mm. that, that you'll get to. So um, I'm not sure if she's swimming that 400 IM or if it's already been done, but um, she, she's got a lot of strings to her bow and um, incredibly skillful swimmer as well. Only very short, but swims big. So um, Ben Tuxford really doing a good job with Bella. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as we as we just touched on, a lot of the Aussies had a great night, especially on night two. Um, just, I, I just want to preference this and put this out there for everyone listening as well. If I miss your name or I mispronounce something or if I don't know who the coach is or who the swimmer is, please forgive us. We're just basically going off information that we can source either through, you know, Instagram or whatever it might be. Um, please remember that when they sound fantastic on Channel 9, that's because there's a binder of information sitting right in front of them with everything there. So we're just trying to touch base and get on everything. But we'll definitely make sure when the information comes through, we try and get across it as much as we can. Um, we You sort of mentioned earlier with Olivia Wunsch uh, in the 100 freestyle, 
Uh, phenomenal 53-7-1 on night three. Uh, out in 26-0, back in 26, uh, 27-6, which is pretty quick. Uh, that 1.5 turnaround is phenomenal. Michaela Pattinson, um, take a bow. Um, great coaching performance from the Carlisle coach. Um, Michaela's been someone that I've um, known for a few years now from when I was up in in Brisbane. Um, fantastic mind, fantastic coach, great person as well. So definitely wanted to give her flowers uh, for that. Um, but, yeah, definitely night three. I mean, that swim specifically, Bobby, you mentioned it, and we talk about that upward trajectory. I, I'm assuming for someone like Olivia, if she's looking to get on the team, she has to be pushing those fast times, doesn't she? Because I mentioned with Shana Jack uh, when I had her on, it'll come out uh, this week for all the listeners because I always do this, so I say it's happening and then it's not out yet. But, you know, we looked at the relay splits averaging like 51.9, um, so, you know, for, for, for someone like Olivia coming through, you know, there's kind of, they have to be going that fast to try and get on the team, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that makes every other country in the world's national team in the women's four by one free relay, except for Australia. So, um, the, the more important thing there for, for Liv Wange, um, Jacqueline Barclay and, um, Oh, who was the other Australian that that got a gold medal? Jamie Flynn. Perkins in her four hundred freestyle. Flynn, yeah. Well, well, more so, more so for those three. They've yep. gone to World Juniors um, as as favourites to to win or or swim well in their event. They swam good from heat to semi to final, and they PB'd in the final. Yep. Um, going from Australia all the way to Europe, you know, Flynn separate to that because um, you know he's already on the senior team and he's had those experiences so we're seeing these people get exposure to this level for the first time which is what we talked about last week and they're delivering right they're taking that step forward when it matters and that's what that's a personal best that's what winning is these days winning isn't gold medals winning is putting your best uh, best race together executing your best performance in the race that matters which is not the heat or the semi it's the final of the major meet so when you see people do that, at a junior level, that's what translates over. Um, that's what gives them confidence and gives the coaches confidence, know that they're reliable, that they can get up for the morning swim, that they can that can win a race or produce a PB from lane four. So that, to me, that was the most encouraging thing to see from, from those three names in familiar, uh, in, in particular. Um, and Liv Wunsch, yeah, 53-7, it, it's great. As you said, that sort of 1.6 drop-off from first 50 to last 50, which is, how the Australians swim it now. It's it's getting that that um, I guess the difference between splits uh, well under two seconds. It used to be the old formula used to be two seconds, mm -hmm. um, but now if if you you know if you a girl going out twenty six two and twenty eight two, then you're going to get eaten up on that second fifty. Um, and and the Australians are doing a better job than than most um, at getting that second that back end speed faster than the rest of the world. So for Molly and Kyle. At world uh, world championships, they they turned basically last in the final to to win. So Kyle was one second drop off, twenty three one, twenty three zero, and twenty four one, um, which is an incredible back end. Whereas from the United States swimmers and from others, you're seeing a um, a difference in in two seconds or sometimes over two seconds. Which in long course swimming, that speed and power that you're producing early on is just going to catch up with you at the end. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's the formula, and, and it was just a well swim, well timed swim from Olivia Wunsch. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's gone on. I think she's. I'm not sure if they've had the final of the fifty fly, but she's 
well and truly in that as well um, for the final. She's um, in and amongst it. Jamie Perkins, you mentioned gold in the 400 free on night four. Uh, phenomenal swim, 405.72. Flint Southam, silver in the 50 free, uh, 22.4. Um, and, and just another unsung hero because he seems to be in a lot of these relays, Marcus De Silva from Cranbrook, um, Beck Wheatley, coach there. Um, there's a lot, you see a lot of that. And again, just touching on the Shana Jack interview because she did so many relay swims and so many things. You sort of, there's unsung heroes in the teams along the way, isn't there, that are always in and amongst it. They're doing their best. They're swimming PBs in the relays, which a lot of the time gets overshadowed by some of the stars in the relays. But uh, it's really important to be a part of the team like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was um, good to see uh, De Silva. I think he was one forty nine two on the the four by two relay, which is uh, which is a quick split. And anything under one fifty is really good at that age. And I think still shading fifty seconds in that hundred, it, it feels like he's been going fifty point low for the last two years or so. But um, but again, going to a, a first big time international meet and uh, and producing your best is uh, is very promising. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we'll we'll stay across this as the meet wraps up towards the end of this week. And congratulations already to to the coaches and the athletes that have been involved. Um, by all accounts, Simon Cusack, who's is looking after the team over there and heading it up, is doing a phenomenal job as well and helping lead the team. The vibes are very good around the team and um congratulations, as I said. It's actually interesting. I had a look on um you know, the downloads for the podcast. And I saw people listening in Israel. I was like, Israel? Why? Who's listening to me in Israel? And I was like, I clued on to why people are listening in Israel. So <laughs> they are listening over there. So congratulations, team. You're absolutely smashing it. We're proud of you. And uh, can't wait for you to bring it home um, and see how we go at the end of this week. Yeah, one one more shout out. I would say Flynn has done really good gold in the 200 and silver in the 50, which was which was this morning. And it was silver behind uh, a swimmer from Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Blackman. So this big, tall guy, really raw. His, his stroke looks um, uh, could use a lot of refining, but but a lot of speed, a lot of power, and it could be the next um, big sprinter from Trinidad coming through. He won world, uh, sorry, youth Commonwealths in his home country. And now he's the world junior champion. So, uh, so watch out for Blackman. Yeah, well, he, he must. Geez, he must be strong and powerful. If you're saying his, his technique can be refined a little bit too, he must just be bashing through the water. Um, I, I saw a photo of him, and he did look pretty big and strong. So, yeah, I can I can imagine that. Um, now we're going to move forward. Uh, this is a headline show, and we've one of the headlines that's made. Um, definitely news this week, and I want to preference this, by the way, by saying thank you to Swim Swam for some of these articles that we're getting some of our news from. Um, but this one, Adam Peaty and Luke Greenbank involved in a training altercation. So I'm just going to quickly read this a little bit, and then we'll have a quick discussion about it so we can at least get a little bit of info. Uh, Multi-Olympic gold medalist Adam Peaty reportedly got into an altercation with British teammate Luke Greenbank. Two athletes clashed at a training session and Adam Peaty was injured. It was quickly uh, and effectively resolved by the athletes involved and staff present at the session. Um, we don't need to go too much more into it, Bobby, but uh, I've had all three of those swimmers on, and, and by three, um, I obviously am talking about Anna Hopkin as well, who's Luke Greenbank's partner, and, and um, you know whether she was involved in that or names were mentioned or however it was going, but they're all lovely people, right? They're all, they're all fantastic. I've met all three of them. Um, through a screen, but um, they're fantastic. <laughs> they're good people. Um, 
Firstly, I want to ask, and I did ask Shannon Rollison this, have you ever seen or been a part of or, or been around um, not sort of big physical altercations, but certainly where it starts to get a bit heated during training? Because I can almost imagine, you hear in NRL terms, there's always fights in training because it's the egos and the testosterone and everything's flowing and pumping and all of a sudden, you know, someone went a bit harder than they should have gone or someone, you know, when you think it's banter all of a sudden today, no, today's not the day for that kind of banter. Before we get to this, have you ever seen that sort of stuff yourself? Um, well, well, this is what makes this story interesting. It's you don't get this in swimming. Like this is not what you get generally from from two guys in in uh, in the swimming pool. Um, in, in terms of my experience, definitely when when I was down at the the AIS as, as a young kid, there was we we wouldn't it wouldn't be anything personal, or whatnot. But guys would just wrestle just for fun. Like that's just the way, just to get out a bit of aggression and and um, a bit of competitiveness and whatnot. Um, and me being the youngest there, I used to always just get flat on my back, just get smashed by Brenton Ricard and these <laughs> and these big guys. But but it, it was good, you know. And, and on the old school event event camps, a lot of that sort of happened. But it was never personal, like what this story sort of comes comes across as. So Luke Greenbank's da- dating Anna Hopkin. They train together with Petey, um, and obviously Petey said something, and and um, and Greenbank's reacted. So I, I think. You know, obviously in other sports you get a lot of this, but um, probably most of it's kept behind um, kept behind closed doors. So this will be interesting to see how the staff manage this, what happens with that training group. You know, Mel Marshall's the coach. She's been with Petey and Greenbank their whole careers and whether those guys can can put that behind them because they're relay teammates. At, at they're, they're Olympic uh, silver medalists in that men's relay and mm. Petey and Hopkin were gold medal teammates uh, on the mixed medley relay, um, you know, and obviously Petey's coming off his layoff and, and his his break for mental health reasons. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if they can just be, you know, they're probably lifelong friends and whether they can put this behind them and move on or, or whether one or two of them leave the group or, or what sort of happens. But this is just uncommon to hear in the swimming world. I, I haven't seen two, two male swimmers that train together like, physically get in an altercation like that normally with guys you get um you know not physically but verbally with the coach it can it can get a little bit heated sometimes um you know and there's there's a relationship there and obviously you're in each other's in each other's hair and spending a lot of time with each other um and and i've definitely heard a lot of stories about that but not nothing nothing physical to be honest so uh, i think there was a photo with pd with a bit of a cut or a black eye so um, hopefully we can hear a little bit more uh, about this story because, again, I, I like this uh, controversial stuff that happens outside of the pool. Makes yeah, things well, a bit more interesting. <clears throat> I'm sure if it wasn't Adam Peaty involved as well and such as the star of Adam Peaty that it wouldn't be quoted in the sun, but apparently it's in the sun over there that there was absolute carnage. Things got very heated. You're right. There was a small gash above his, above his eye. Um, didn't require stitches. Um, that's good. I, I hate stitches as well because I'm scared of needles. So he might be like me. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Um, we, we don't see an awful lot of this sort of stuff, but I, I'm going to put this out there. I reckon they'll move on from this. If I know like boys, like I, I feel like I do, boys tend to get out what they need to get out. And once we're good, we're good and we shake hands and we sweet. Yeah. Let's rock and roll and 
We tend to move forward on things a little bit better. Obviously, with Anna Hopkins being involved isn't ideal, and and I'm sure you know whatever it was was warranted. I can't imagine Green Bank wanting to <laughs> wanting to throw down if it if there wasn't uh, you know something to throw down about. But um, I reckon they'll be able to work it out, and hopefully, as you said, there's a lot more at play than just uh, hurt feelings. And mm. you know, you said this and you said that, and let's go into the car park because, as you said, they're, they're teammates. They're on national teams together. They're gold medal relay of, in the mix and, and silver medalist uh, together in the men's as well with Luke leading off in the backstroke. So, Well, I, I, I don't know because if, if two guys have a fight about whatever, the footy or, you know, you ate the last sandwich or whatever, have a fight uh-huh, and move yeah. on, right? Don't touch that last but when it's Yeah, but when it's about... I mean, there's a third party. There's there's Anna Hopkin. So mm. Petey said something about Greenback's girlfriend, Anna Hopkin, and she trains in the group. Like, that's a completely awkward situation. I, I don't see how that naturally resolves itself um, because it, if she was a non-swimmer, then maybe because you get to the pool, you, you're not thinking about your partner or your girlfriend, yeah, right? Yeah. But now she, the, all three of them are there 10 times a week at the pool. So I don't. That, it's going to take some... Some some good psychology work from Mel Marshall to uh to get everybody around that, um and then I mean second to that like if PD and Greenbank did fight are, are we somewhat surprised that PD got hit <laughs> or or come off second best like that's uh that's surprising as well so you know again we we need some more details go fishing Robbie we need some more information on this. Well, I mean, I have had Adam on the podcast twice, but don't be fooled. I had to go through, I had to go through, uh, you know, um, the right channels and get through to people. I can't just DM him myself and, hey, mate, how you going? How's the, how's the eye? But I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, mate, our last little bit of uh, news for this week is World Aquatics approves participants from Russia uh, and Belarus um, to be neutrals um, in moving forward. Um, what what did you know about this? Obviously, you flicked me this over as well. We've seen this quite often um, at times over the years where certain um, nations uh, are not allowed to be at the Olympics, say, for example, but all of a sudden they're sort of a neutral team that uh, allows some athletes in there. So it's not certainly um, – there's no – it's not a precedent for it. This has happened before. Um, did this take you by surprise? Well, but before we chat about this, do you want to just read – though that that criteria yes all right yes you have I can. That there. what's yes, yes. what's the criteria for these russian and belarusian athletes to compete at the olympics next year so co- the criteria so compliance with all uh world aquatic regulations no contract with the russian or belarusian military or with any other nation security agency uh, you put me on the spot here now. This is, <laughs> seems legal stuff. No support for the war in Ukraine of any form, uh, verbal, nonverbal, written expression. You know, basically, you can't be um, seen to be uh, in support. Um, in particular, public statements, including those made in social media, participation in pro-war demonstrations or events. Um, and compliance with the anti-doping requirements set out um, basically as well. So that's just a quick snapshot. Um, so, you know, it's not just a free ride. They've still got to comply with all of this. I'm assuming they're going to they're gonna backtrack and have a look at social media statements and things like that and anyone who's been actively out supporting things and stuff like that. But 
Um, yeah, as you said, it, it certainly doesn't mean everyone's back on teams and there's it's still the, the Russian team, but just in a different shirt. There's still going to be criteria, as we've just outlined. But, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, immediately what comes to mind is uh, Evgeny Rilov, who's the Olympic champion in the 100-200 backstroke, he's, he's out. So regardless of this, because straight after that, the, the war began about 18 months ago, Rilov and a bunch of other Russian Olympic gold medalists from multiple sports were essentially paraded in front of a stadium promoting the war, mm. um, which which wasn't a choice of theirs, which, which yeah. I'm sure that they were strongly recommended to do that that wasn't a choice but in terms of swimming that that's got a rule reel of out so i mean that's the big news that's come from this i mean it's not by no means official um i'm not sure anybody else that uh any other swimmer that has i guess could be tracked to any of those um breaking those criteria points so i mean i guess the timing of this is right because these athletes and the swimmers they need a little bit of um they, they need a definitive answer whether they can swim or not next year. Otherwise, because a lot of them have been training or maybe not training at their full potential because they don't know whether they can compete at the Olympics and they haven't competed at the last two world championships. So, I mean, it means that we should see Russian and Belarusian swimmers at the World Cup, which is next month um, in Doha in February. And then obviously they've got to qualify from that to, to be able to race in, in Paris. So the other thing on there was um, only one per event at the Olympic okay. Games. So in terms of one Russian swimmer. So you can't have two, yep. um, which would definitely have affected the men's backstroke with Kolesnikov um, and Rilov. But if, you, if we assume that Rilov is out, then Kolesnikov will come back in. Um, which he, It does he, say on here, sorry, Bobby, it does say um, that Rilov... Uh, would not be eligible. There is some more yeah. uh, restrictions here. Qualifying times for world aquatics events must be achieved outside of Russia or Belarus. No Russian or Belarusian flags displayed at any events. Uh, uniforms must be plain by approved um, aquatics uh, world aquatics. Um, so that's interesting too. That you know you've yeah. the, you've got to make sure you're swimming at at obviously World Cups or or something like that. Trying to get in and around those, it can't be done, sort of in Russia or Belarus. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that all makes sense. That that just means they're going to have to race internationally again, which which is good for them to get approval to do that. But I guess we're looking at it from from our side, so we we can look at it and say, well. Kalashnikov's eligible and um, Ilya Shimanovich in the men's breaststroke, he's, he's eligible to, to compete. But we don't know, we, we have, there hasn't been a statement released by the Russian Federation if they will actually allow or promote their swimmers to compete because, you know, the, the Russian people are, are a very proud um, country. Whether they support the war or not, that they, they're they're restricted from representing their country, right? No flags, no national yeah. anthem, no tracksuit. They're not going to be happy about that. So, you know, this could be uh, whether they're eligible or not. We, we don't know if this could be a, you know, a boycott situation or whatnot. But, um, you know, they're allowed to compete. But when you take away somebody's pride and, and culture, then then that's um, that's bigger than sport as well. So, uh, there'll be more news to come on this, but but hopefully we do see some of these athletes uh, race at the World Cup next month. Yeah, you bring up a good point, I guess, mate, there in, in terms of, okay, they're eligible, but 
uh, is it going to be something that's advised? How is it going to be looked upon if certain swimmers are jumped up there and they're wearing, you know, a plain shirt and even though they're they're swimming, I guess, technically uh, as a neutral, but they're the Russian athletes, you know, how does it look um, behind the scenes? Far be it for me to get too political and especially uh, world politics, mate, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah and Vladimir might be listening to, I don't know what he listens to, but I try and well, keep we'll myself it. out of it. We flip it, all right. Um, we talked about last week that Swimming Australia could be sanctioned from World Aquatics. Okay, mm-hmm. let's say that they get they get suspended. Something happens. Um, something bad happens, right? So the the whole swimming world is looking down on on Australia, but we're allowed to go to the Olympics. But we can't be Australian. You can't chant Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah. No national anthem um, for your whole country, not just your swim team. Are, are we is is the AOC still fully funding this team to go to 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 compete? Mm. Is uh, is everybody still super proud to to go there and compete and race in an all white tracksuit and um, win a medal and not have your flag raised and not have your anthem playing? Like, um, would we get a hundred percent buy-in? Pro- probably not. Yeah, probably. Oh, definitely. I yeah, I hear you. definitely. I think um, you make a good point. Um, it kept me out of trouble too, just in case, uh, you know, certain people overseas were listening. So thank you very much, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, mate, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there before I do get myself in trouble. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us once again. As we said, uh, while there's news out there and about, we will definitely jump on each week, have a chat. Um, I love seeing Bobby's head each week, so it just gives me a chance <laughs> to catch up. Thank you, Bobby, very much, mate. You have a good week at the pool, and we'll cool. uh, catch up next week, dissect everything from World Juniors and see if uh, Green Bank and Petey have kissed and made up. <laughs> All right, can't wait. <laughs> Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. I just